morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 cast featuring your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. On this episode of the 8311 cast, episode 21, where this podcast is now legally able to buy alcohol in the United States of America, we're going to be talking to you about sports things, because our job is to bring all things sports to your beautiful ears, such as college basketball updates, the Alliance of American Football, some NFL Combine updates, and of course, Mike's stupid rules. Are, are you sure it's episode 21, Why? I am sure it is are episode 21. Are you sure it's episode 21Y? 100% sure. So, yes. was this podcast done in one take this time, or did we have to it's, do a second take? It's generally always done in one take, except but, for this one time where I messed up, the, messed up the episode number in the introduction. Yeah. Good job. Why but it was under a minute. We were about 50 seconds in before I was like, whoa, yeah, cut, nope. Uh, before we told you you screwed up the episode. Yeah, and then you, you and then, embarrassed and then I it. said, it wasn't I was too embarrassed. It's that sure we can't mess up the episode numbers in the very beginning of the episode. Otherwise, our viewers, our listeners, not our viewers, will get very, very confused on what episode it actually is. I mean, that's fair. But I mean, if you're confused, shouldn't our listeners be confused too? No, How can because we expect them to pay better attention see, than you? There's a big difference between our listeners and myself. And that's that I am always confused about everything while <laughs> our listeners... Know exactly what's going on at least ninety percent of the time. Well, so last week a few of our listeners actually found out that episode nineteen was duplicated for episode twenty. That is so true. So they were hearing their content, that content twice. I mean, that was fixed immediately after. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I still don't know why that happened. About thirty minutes after I got the message. I assume it's because I pressed the wrong button somewhere, but uh, I don't know. Do we, do we need a new eighty three eleven cast producer? Good luck finding one. Now hiring. No, not hiring. And I by hiring, that. I mean uh, you don't get paid anything, so... That's true. You get paid it's all, in... It's all pro bono work. <laughs> it, it, well, not really, because we get paid in love and affection from our listeners. That's true. That is true. And also the great good feeling of sharing knowledge about sports to our listeners. Except for me, which I just stand here and put everything together. So in the terms of Hunasek, my engineering law professor, there is a contract that was formed there because we are giving something and we are receiving something in return. Is like social contract theory? Like, wh- what is this? Engineering law. I'm gonna talk about Cyclone Women's Basketball. Please instead. do, that seems much more interesting than, than that. Yeah, so it was probably the best week of the year for Cyclones Women's Basketball this season. They started at uh, two old games this week. The first one was at Texas Tech uh, midweek and Bridget Carlton hit a layup with about three seconds left in that game to give the Cyclones a 64 to 62 victory. So that was a very good uh that was a very good win for the Cyclone women's basketball team. Just got to take care of business against a bad Big 12 team on the road. They did their job. And then they had the big game uh on Saturday where they went to Austin to take on the number 18 Texas Longhorns and they had took a double digit victory on the road against the Texas Longhorns, which is a huge victory. Probably one of the biggest victories from anybody in the conference this year was uh, Iowa State's win on the road at Texas. So with that, in that game, Bridget Carlton and Ashley Jones both had huge games. So it's really good, uh, really good that, uh, really good that they're firing on all cylinders here coming down the stretch. So because of that big win, the Cyclones will definitely move up in the rankings, probably to about 17 or 18 after that big win over the Texas Longhorns. There was only one game left in the regular season for the uh, 
Cyclone bas- for the Cyclone women's basketball team, and that is coming up on Monday night, senior night at Hilton Coliseum against the lowly 2-14 Kansas Jayhawks. Um, assuming that the Cyclones can get a win against KU, that would uh, make them the two-seed in the Big 12 women's tournament, which would be phenomenal. A second-place finish in the conference would be a great year for the Cyclone women. And that Big 12 women's basketball tournament starts this weekend. Friday is the first day of the tournament. Assuming that uh, the uh, that the uh, Cyclone women get that two-seed, which they will, their first game will be Saturday at uh, 6 p.m. down in Oklahoma City, 6 p.m. Central on Saturday for the Cyclone women's basketball team. It, uh, it should be good. They'll play the winner of the on the game on Friday between the 8 and the 9 seed. So we'll find out who they'll play later in the week. But it should be a good good chance for the Cyclone women to make a deep run, maybe even to the uh, Monday night championship game of that tournament. So that'll be something to keep an eye on next weekend, and I'm sure we'll give you an update on that in the uh, in the future episode, episode actual episode 22 of the 8311 cast. We'll give you an update on that. And that's this is really an exciting thing for the Cyclones women bat, or women's basketball team. As four years ago, so our freshman year, they were playing in those in those first two play-in games in the Big 12 tournament as one of the uh, lowest four seeds in the Big 12. And now they're in comp- or they're almost have second place in their graphs, graphs right now. And they've played phenomenally. And in my opinion, Coach Bill Finley should be coach of the year in the Big 12. It, he The team was projected sixth in the conference preseason. And with a second place finish almost out of nowhere and absolutely coaching this team to their success and how they've played the entire season, I think Bill Finley should be coach of the year for this women's team. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would like to see him get that award. We'll have to see how that uh, how that develops. But do you know who's not going to get coach of the year? Coach award? Prome. Coach Prome. Not that he's done a bad job this year, but that the Cyclone men's team, especially in these last three weeks, has just absolutely fallen apart. They had another, we'll call it uh, not great week. But, um, yeah, we'll just call it not great. Uh, they started the week by uh, taking care of OU at home, just like any any good team has to do. They did their job taking care of OU at home. And then they uh, also played in Austin uh, against the Texas Longhorns on Saturday. And unlike the Cyclone women, the Cyclone men laid an absolute egg in Austin. The game was never really close. We ju- Kind of like the TCU game at home, we jumped out to a quick lead and then fell apart for the rest of the game. That's that's what happened again at Texas. We let Texas shoot 60% from three for the game. We just didn't play good defense. The offense wasn't awful. The offense actually played pretty decent, but you can't let a team shoot 60% from three and expect to win the ball game. That's just just not good. The, the effort was there. Cam Lloyd was suspended again for this game. It's his second time being suspended this year. All that Coach Prom has told us is that it was a violation of team rules. So I, we're not going to speculate here on what it is because who knows? We'll never find out. But he, uh, in theory, will be back for, is it Wednesday night's game? Wednesday against, night uh, in Morgantown. In Morgantown against West Virginia. So in theory, he'll be back and it'll only be one game suspension, but we'll have to see. We really could have used him in that game because there were some times where uh, Michael Jacobson was getting a little bit abused down in the post. And uh, that was causing us to have to double team down there, leaving up some open three-point shooters, which is what partially contributed to that uh, 
60% three-point shooting from Texas. But so we really could have used Cameron Ludd's big defensive presence down there. Uh, George Condit played a really good game there in, uh, as the backup to Jacobson, so that was uh, really nice to see. But it was not great to see that uh, see that uh, effort and defensive effort, really, is what got the Cyclones at Texas. That loss officially eliminated uh, the Cyclones from the conference tournament race. I know here just three weeks ago we were talking giddily about how Iowa State might have had the best chance of anybody after that Kansas State win to uh, be able to hold on and win the conference tur- uh, win the conference title. But we are now officially eliminated. As for your uh, update, K-State and Texas Tech are tied for first as of right now, one game ahead of KU. Everyone in the conference has two games left to play, uh, and K-State and Texas Tech are one game up on KU. So KU would need both K-State and Texas Tech to lose one of their last two games in order to get at least a share of the conference title. So KU definitely needs help from the rest of the Big 12 in order to... Uh, in order to get the uh, conference title, currently Iowa State is sitting um, at in uh, in fifth place in the conference, and that looks like where they're going to finish. There's a chance that they could maybe get up to four, depending on how uh, Iowa State and Baylor, who's currently in fourth place, both finish. There's also a chance if the Cyclones were to lose their last two, that we could end up sixth. Texas could still pass us, but I think five is probably the most likely spot for where we're going to end up which would lead us into a uh, the fifth seed in the Big, Tw- Big 12 tournament, obviously, when that comes up. Not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after that. So two weeks from now would be the championship game of the Big 12 tournament. So like I said, everyone has two games left. The Cyclones are obviously one of everybody. Our two games are in Morgantown on Wednesday, and then Texas Tech comes to Hilton on Saturday for senior night. I think that'll be, or senior afternoon, I guess it's a one o'clock tip on Saturday. So um, it'll be fun to, uh, it'll be fun to, uh, to uh, give it to these seniors and hopefully get a big win over Texas Tech that'll boost our uh, seeding possibilities for the NCAA tournament. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that next week where we think the Cyclones might end up for seeding once the uh, conference season has ended for sure. Kyle, what do you expect out of the Cyclones here this next week? I really hope they get their act together. Um, the It's a big road game in Morgantown, and if that goes down as a loss, then the team has absolutely zero momentum going into any tournament uh, at all, whether that be the Big 12 tournament or the NCAA tournament, and that's just not great morale for the team. Um, I think if they do indeed beat West Virginia, Hilton will be rocking for senior afternoon on Saturday, and we'll see how that ends up playing out. But for right now, the Cyclones are are at an identity crisis, and before they head to Kansas City for Hilton South, they need to figure out what their identity is, who who they are going to be for tournament season and for the rest of March. And that's going to be a big push as the Cyclones head into tournament time. But for right now, as the rest of the Big 12 shapes up, uh, K-State, according to ESPN's win projector, has the toughest uh, the toughest route to winning out out of the three teams who are still in contention for the Big 12 regular season title. 
Uh, KU has a has easy matches. Uh, they play in Norman on Tuesday, and they're uh, favored in that game as well as heavy favorites at home against Baylor to finish out the season. K-State is not favored in their game against TCU on Monday night, but they're favored very heavily against OU to finish out. Texas Tech is uh, slight favorites over Texas in Lubbock on Monday night. And on the road in Ames, it's almost an even split right now. We'll see if that changes. So for right now, K-State has the toughest road to winning out and winning the conference. Um, So really KU's only hope is for K-State to lose on the road at TCU on Monday night and for Texas Tech to lose in Ames to finish the season if they want to continue their uh, their run of Big 12 regular season titles. All right, since coming right down to it, would you rather have the Cyclones beat Texas Tech and KU get to share the Big 12 title or lose to Texas Tech but means that KU does not get a share of the Big 12 I want, title. I want, this is easy. I want Iowa State to beat Texas Tech because that would be a huge confidence boost going into the tournament, and I want to see this team make a deep run in the tournament this year. I think this team has what it can take to make a deep run in the tournament, although they haven't showed it recently. They have huge road wins against K-State and uh, against Texas Tech already this season and a big home win against Kansas earlier when Kansas was ranked in the top five. So... I think this team can make a deep tournament run and can be hard to beat. Uh, So I would prefer them beating Texas Tech and KU getting a share of the Big 12 title. That's fair. I think that's I think that's true. But I just hope that uh, that K State wins out, so we don't have to worry about this. If it's if it's any consolation, it's a share. So KU can just cry themselves a river. It's a share. It's not an outright title. It means a lot less. I mean, but yeah, but. Multiple that they times were mediocre with another team. But multiple times in their streak that they've gotten a share. It's only so happened gonna, once. Whatever, at least once. So they're going to keep saying they have a streak if they get a share. So we just don't want them to get a share because we want them to shut up for once. They can be bad at football and basketball for once. Wouldn't that be fun? So K, uh, about football, KU just built an indoor football complex that looks exactly as hideous as their current outdoor football stadium so props to you KU athletics for being absolutely disgraceful Woo! that sounds like fun Wyatt I have a note here that you changed the outline well uh, we were in show and you're upset about something you're pissed off this week why did you what what's going on with who's pissed off why so I changed our original who's pissed off segment from you two being mad at me about messing up the original intro which we've already covered in the actual real introduction to Snoop Dogg. So Snoop, S-N-O-O-P-D-O-G, is pissed off about the Lakers right now. The LA Lakers are number 10 in the Western Conference and 17 overall in the NBA. They're, They're doing bad. Bad. This, this is the Lakers, the ones that are usually good, right? Did you see LeBron's inbounds pass last night off the back of the backboard? It's ridiculous. You can't do that. They're on a, out of the past 10 games, they've won three out of the last 10. They're on a two-game losing streak right now. they've which, lost seven. They have lost seven out of the last 10 games. That is that is correct. Quick math, Mike. And That's why I'm an engineer. Snoop just tweeted out that, uh, well, first of all, he's he's very upset, of course, at the Lakers. He said, this ain't going to work. Somebody needs to fire the coach first. Fire the coach. And I you thought get, LeBron was the coach. Uh, that's what I thought, too, but I guess he can do everything, <laughs> question mark? But uh, that, that LeBron needs some help, and he's actually selling his booth seats 
he has like he's like a, uh, on contract for the the booth the box that he sits up in for like the next two or three years or something five bucks five bucks for box lakers seats from snoop dog because he is that pissed off about the lakers can i buy those hit him up do you have his if number you want to i i don't know how i'd get to los angeles though that's Spring breaks coming up though maybe i'll take a little trip but that is who is pissed off this week snoop dog Formerly that's, Snoop Lion. That's fair. Formerly well, Snoop Dogg. You know who's not pissed off this week? Bryce Harper. Because he's sitting on a pile of cash right now. Well, I mean, he doesn't have it all right now. You're right. But and it's I mean, all guaranteed if, if, money. If I got his contract, I probably wouldn't sit on the money either. I'd put it in a bank. I don't know. Would you sit on the money? Don't let your money sit. Invest it. That's that's don't smart. Sit that's on smart money. business for all of you out there. That also yes. rhymed. But Bryce Harper. <laughs> I'm impressed. Bryce Harper did indeed sign with the Philadelphia Phillies. Like uh, we said last week, he was the leader. Uh, the Phillies were the leader uh, last weekend. We said he could sign as early as Tuesday. It did take until Thursday for him to finally sign. But it was 13 years, $330 million. So comparing that to the Machado deal from uh, from the other week, Machado got 10 years, $300 million. Harper got... 13 years, $330 million, so three years and $30 million more than Machado got. So, and there, for unlike the uh, Machado deal, there are no uh, opt-outs in the Bryce Harper deal. Reportedly, he did not want any opt-outs, so he will be a Washington National, and there's also a full no-trade clause. So he will no longer be a Washington National. He will be a Philadelphia Philly for the next 13 seasons, so you should get uh, used to seeing him in... Um, in a Phillies uniform. One classy thing that he really did is, so in the in Washington, Bryce Harper was number 34. He changed numbers to number uh, three in honor of uh, Roy Holiday, who was a Hall of Fame. He just got inducted to the Hall of Fame, right? I believe yes. he did. Hall of Fame pitcher for the Phillies, who wore number 34, who died in a, uh, in a plane crash a couple, maybe it was just a year ago, within the last couple of years. And uh, he said he was not going to wear 34 because he believed uh, Roy Holiday should be the last Philly ever to wear number 34. So he switched his number to three, which was a very classy thing to do from a ball player that I don't like that much. So I really appreciate that out of Bryce Harper. But on the actual, well, I guess, so that we're now three and a half weeks from opening day, uh, depending on depending on what team, March 26th, 27th, 28th, somewhere around there is when... Uh, teams will have their first game barring weather issues which you know might happen when you're playing baseball outside in Minneapolis in March but um so with opening day three and a half weeks away there are still two big name free agents that are unsigned really the only two notable players still unsigned there are still some you know reserve guys backups that are still going to sign but the two big names uh closer Craig Kimbrell and starter Dallas Keuchel are the only two big names still signing. And especially since they're both pitchers, it takes a long time for pitchers to get uh, full game ready. If they don't sign soon, they're in danger of missing the openers, respective openers of the season if they don't sign, having to start uh, on the DL just because they're not ready to uh, to get ready for that. So it'll be interesting. I assume they're both going to sign here next week, but we'll see. We'll see you when we uh, fill you in next week if we have contract details for Craig Kimball and Dallas Keuchel or not. Atlanta is heavily pursuing both of them now, um, thinking they have to rebound from the Phillies' big signing of Bryce Harper. So I wouldn't be surprised to see one or both of them end up in Atlanta within the next week. 
So some other news, especially coming out of the Royal Spring Training Camp, is that Salvador Perez will officially miss the remainder of the season before the season really even started due to a UCL injury. So he will have Tommy John surgery and the Royals are going to shut him down. There is a potential that maybe he could return very late in the season, but the Royals are not going to push their best player to return and risk for their injury. So they have officially shut him down for the remainder of the season, which is sad because Salvi is such a great, great like baseball personality and he's great for the sport. Uh, just a guy who's always smiling and is always showering people in Gatorade baths uh, when they do st- spectacular things. Um, there aren't uh, going to be a ton of spectacular no, things done in Kansas City. N- no, this there year. won't. Uh, we don't want to dwell on that too much. All right, so we'll, relate- we'll, we'll dwell on that during an MLB preview episode in the future. Relating to baseball, though, um, some history was made out of Arkansas. So Arkansas softball player Danielle Gibson hit for the cycle. Now, that's not that's not the cycle where you get a single, double, triple, and a home run all in the game. She hit for the home run cycle. She hit a two-run home run, a three-run home run, a grand slam, and then capped it off in the fourth inning with a solo home run. And what was impressive was, well, she needed the fourth inning because to, and she had to hit that solo home run there because they had to call off the game after the fourth inning due to the mercy rule. So... A big shout-out to Daniel Gibson. That has never happened in the MLB ever, so props to her for doing that. That is absolutely impressive. So off leaving the diamond, we head back to the turf. Uh, so the AAF is in week four, week four of their inaugural season. That's like a whole month. That is an entire month, and they are almost halfway through their regular season as it is a 10-week 10-week season for these teams. Uh, so it took an entire month for the first safety to occur in the AAF. We love safeties on which, the which are cast. Which one of our hosts, Wyatt Teeter, is very excited safeties about. Safeties are the best. Safeties are the, the best the best outcome of a play that any football play could ever have. I don't care who the safety's on or why it happened, whether or not it was intentional grounding in their own end zone, holding in their own end zone, the ball flying out the back. On a, on a muff snap or something. I love safeties. Well, you might like this one because apparently it was pretty comical. So it happened in the Arizona Hotshots game against the Atlanta Legends. Arizona uh, ran a play to the, to the right side of the field. Uh, it was a pass play. And the receiver caught it and decided that he might have a better chance if he completely reversed field through the end zone to go over to the left side of the field for like a 95-some-odd-yard touchdown. Well, Atlanta sniffed it out, and they did not let him get out of the end zone, and he was, yeah, discarded in the end zone for a safety. Was the ball on the one? Where was it snapped at? Like, I'm, I'm watching uh, it right now. The ball was the snapped, ball was snapped the at the seven. seven. On the yep. step, so he a little, little swing, little swing pass out to the outside. He got bottled up at about the line of scrimmage, ran back into his end zone to try to get around to the other side, and uh, the cornerback, I think that was the cornerback, caught him. Either the cornerback or the side. linebacker. Why yeah. would you? Who who thought up this play? Big play. Well, it, so it was originally it was just a really just a quick screen out to the left out yeah. to the left flat, but it wasn't an intent for him to reverse field. He, j- he saw defenders in front of him and thought, oh, I can't go this way. I'm going to try the other side of the field. So he just didn't have a good a good sense of where he was at on he, the he field. He tried to be a hero. 
and he turned into a zero. And it really <laughs> turned into two points for the opposing team. It really, team. a hero turned into a two. Yep, for the other team. That's actually pretty great. That's that's a safety I haven't seen that in that kind of fashion. It doesn't happen often because not many people... Run backwards yep. into their own end zone with mm-hmm. the ball in their hands? Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Well, so... And now it appears as if Atlanta will get their first win of the season. So that game is currently uh, playing right in action right now. Atlanta is playing Arizona. Um, so Atlanta was currently is currently 0-3, but it looks like they will get their first win. So just an update, the East Division, Orlando is still rolling. Uh, they moved to 4-0. Birmingham lost their first game of the season. They dropped to 3-1. Memphis Express uh, lost again. They fall to 1-3. Atlanta looks like they will get their first win, possibly moving to 1-3. That game is over, so yes, they did get their first okay, win. Okay, so 1-3. Uh, so then in the West, West Division, Arizona, San, San Antonio, and San Diego are now all tied at 2-2. Two and two. So the mediocre West Division is on, uh, and the Salt Lake City Stallions round out that with it with a one and three record on the season. So stay tuned, and we will get you uh, a season update as the AAF moves through the midpoint of their season next week. Awesome. So in other football, the NFL was back this week with the NFL Combine this weekend. So there were two uh, Iowa State players who were invited to the NFL Combine. I'm sure you all know them. We've talked a lot about them during the season and afterwards. Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery were the only two Cyclones who were uh, invited to the NFL Combine, and they both participated here this past week. David Montgomery had a pretty average Combine. Uh, He didn't scare anybody away. He didn't do anything wrong. Didn't make any big mistakes, but he didn't really turn any heads either. Hakeem Butler, on the other hand, he turned some heads. His size, his athleticism, his speed. His strength. His strength. That turned a lot of heads. There was talk that, uh, boy, there was talk that he could, uh, that he really uh, impressed some NFL scouts, especially with his 40-yard dash time. He came in at a 4.48, 4.48 seconds for his 40-yard dash which is incredible for a man who's 6'6 six, six and, what, 217 pounds yeah. or something like that. The fastest receiver ran a 4.33, and that was DK Metcalf, who is projected as the top receiver off the board from Ole Miss. But, yeah, so, and just, but Hakeem Butler measured as the tallest receiver with the longest wingspan and the biggest hands, um, among other things. So just his, his measurables, his speed, all of that was was really good. He turned some heads, impressed some NFL scouts, and he definitely improved his draft stock over the course of the combine. One interesting thing is that uh, NFL teams can ask players to uh, to do drills at a position that is different than what their primary position was in college, right? So Butler was a wide receiver, but there were teams that asked him to, uh, but he was also asked to do uh, tight end workouts as well. So Hakeem Butler did the regular wide receiver workouts as well as tight end workouts. I don't necessarily see him as a tight end just because he's uh, such a good deep ball threat, but I could see why teams would want to see him work out at tight end just because of his uh, size, right? He's he's big enough to be a tight end. I just think he's too good of a wide receiver f- for the um, 
for the Cyclones to leave him stuck at tight end, or for the Cyclones, for whoever would draft him to put him at tight end instead of receiver. I think he could be good enough at receiver that he will leave there. So the NFL draft does come up here in late April. I think it's the, that same weekend of the uh, the AAF Super Bowl, whatever they're calling their championship game, the weekend of the 25th, 26th, 27th of April, where that NFL draft will be coming up. So we'll have to see to see uh, who will get drafted first between uh, David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler and where they will get drafted. There, I'm sure there will be a lot more talk about that later in this episode and future episodes about where they might get drafted. So just a, a little bit off the script, kind of what I wanted to touch on real quick is um, some other news. Uh, Blake Bortles is apparently on his way out of Jacksonville. Jacksonville is seemingly going to cut him once the season begins um, and to in order to make room for Nick Foles. So it is, a, it is apparent that mutual parties – are interested in bringing Nick Foles to Jacksonville uh, as Nick Foles was officially um, not going to be placed with a, or have a franchise tag placed on him with the Eagles this year. So we'll, we'll stay tuned on that as that continues to unfold. Yeah, that would be interesting. Jacksonville's defense has been so good that if they get a if they get a good quarterback like Foles has proven he can be, at times they could again be Super Bowl contenders like they were two seasons ago where they were a quarter away from knocking off the New England Patriots and going to uh, Super Bowl Fifty Two in Minneapolis. They have great running backs at a at a offensive or threat at receiver like potentially one of these top receivers in the draft, including Hakeem Butler. They could be they could be a big threat in that division and in the AFC. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Nick Foles plays when he's the true number one quarterback, which he hasn't been anywhere in a long time. So we'll hope that uh, hope for the best and hope that somebody can beat the Patriots in the AFC. I don't care who. I Please. just hope somebody can do it. But we had a long time uh, before that sorts itself out. We get a lot of good sports: baseball opening day, March Madness, Selection Sunday is two weeks from today. March Madness is my favorite season of the year. Hey, Kyle, do you remember what you said on this podcast back in uh, early December? No. That bowl season was your favorite kind of time of year? Yeah, I love, I love, I love college sports, though. But, I, but you can't have I, two favorites. That, that, you, yes, I can. No, that's I not think, how it works. I think you actually downplayed the awesomeness of March Madness when you were talking about March bowl Madness season. is Awesome! It's I, I agree. I agree. It's awesome. But you were trying to say to that it was not giddy. the ah. definition of favorite is preferred before all others. You can't have two things that are. Preferred I prefer over all March others. Madness above all other basketball leagues. Okay, and so I prefer you, college bowl season above all other football. So leagues. you can say that March Madness is the best basketball thing of the year. But, but what's you your favorite season? Is it bowl season? March Madness season? That doesn't really work. I mean, My yeah, favorite season is definitely not winter. So not bowl season. <laughs> I'm over that. Yeah, that's true. But you got you to decide which one's actually your favorite, Kyle. This is an important question. March Madness. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that next year when you say that bowl season's your favorite. Because you will say that. Yeah, you will. You know you will. It, but bowl season is like Christmas. It's great. Bowl season's great. And do you know what's even better than? Baseball. I was going to say Mike's stupid rules because everything's better than Mike's stupid rules. You're right. Also, it's not better than baseball. So, Above That's all other true. things, Mike's – so 
this is my least favorite thing. <laughs> Everything is above this. But I'm going to talk I, about baseball. And you like baseball. Okay, I, I do like I baseball. I do like baseball, I do but like I don't baseball. like your stupid rule segment. Unless well, it's good. we're going to learn about an interesting rule today. So this is a rule that a lot of people know that no exist, but a lot of people don't actually know how it's defined, and that's going to be the infield fly rule. So the infield fly rule is right – so when there's a pop-up in the infield, right, in certain situations, the umpire can call the batter out without the ball actually being caught by a fielder, right? So – the in and so those spe- specific situations where the umpire will call this is if there is a a runner in scoring position. So a runner in scoring position is defined as being on second or third, and all the bases behind that runner are filled with the base runner. So if there are runners on first and second or first, second, and third, and there's a pop up in the infield, the umpire will call the infield fly rule, meaning that the batter is out. Um, base runners could still uh, tag up and advance at their own risk, but because the infield fly rule is called, even if the ball is dropped, the batter is out. The reason this rule exists, right, is because on a normal pop-up, right, if the ball is caught, you uh, have to go back to your base, and if, you know, the ball gets to the base before you, after it's caught, you're out, right? So if there are two runners on base, in theory, since they both have to stay uh, close to their base, because otherwise if it's caught, it'll get uh, they'll get thrown out there. If there are two runners forced on base, you could drop the ball, and then they'd both have to run in advance, and you could easily get a double play that way. So dropping the ball would be to your advantage. So that's why the in- infield fly rule exists, to keep uh, players from intentionally dropping the ball to get a double play with two uh, forced runners like that. So if there is a forced runner in scoring position and the ball is popped up in the infield, that is the infield fly rule, and the batter is declared out whether or not the ball is caught. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It does, actually. It's, a, it's an interesting rule, and a lot of people are always confused about when it might get called, but now you all know. So next time you uh, see a runner on first and the ball popped up in the infield and you start calling for an infield fly to be called, nope. stop doing that because it You've won't. got to be in scoring position. Yep. There you go. And guess what comes after Mike's stupid rules? Uh, I don't know. Kyle, do you know? Are you smarter than Wyatt? Is it is it something about being accountable? Are you holding us accountable? I mean, we're holding each other accountable for our bad sports predictions. So, we had three predictions come off the board this week. Um, so, those three predictions are... All about basketball. They are all about basketball. Two about Iowa State basketball and one about uh, other basketball. First is that Iowa State, uh, Wyatt predicted that Iowa State will win the Big 12. As we talked about earlier in this episode, Iowa State will not win the Big 12, will mathematically eliminate it. So for that, Wyatt could say, yikes. Um, Kyle had a prediction on the board that said Iowa State will be a top three seed in the Big 12 tournament. That is also not going to happen, being two games behind KU with two games to play. We will not be a top three seed. So that will not happen. And with that, Kyle gets a nah. Um, And I had a prediction on the board saying that the saxophone and basketball team will win a game this year. 
Unfortunately, in our first round of the tournament, we fell 38-32, to despite my best efforts, going 12 points and getting 13 rebounds in the game. We still oh, let's lost brag on Mike here for yeah, a second. Yeah, let's brag on me. How many points did you score? Less than that, Kyle. Deal with it. I was, Don't look at me. Don't I look was, at me. No. I was Nick no. Tyler Bev. I was the game manager. They're going to look at me and be like, how many points did you score, Wyatt? And I was going to be like, no, Mike, next accountability I session. say that. You were looking at me like you, you were. You weren't even there. I wasn't. That is correct. Uh, so that was the three of the four that were supposed to come off the board because somebody got a prediction wrong. Just like I got the introduction wrong, Mike was going to pull off one of my predictions no, from episode 19. It says, it says coming off next week. You see that? That was from last week because right. you thought I, it was... And then, and, then I yeah. reali- and then I realized I went back and looked at the thing yeah. and realized it was... Yeah. Yeah, I, so I'm not no. the only one who so gets I was, things no, wrong. No, so I was aware of this. See, I was aware of this. That's why it was still crossed out saying for next week. Otherwise, I would have uncrossed it out and we would have talked about it. I did not screw that you up. You said there was four. No, four I said things coming off the board. You said there I was said there four. was three things. You said there was four. We're going to go back and listen to this we and will. we're going to be wrong. We will and I will not be wrong. For, for all of our listeners out there, I apologize for what just occurred previous to. I don't me apologize speaking. because guess who's also on top of the write that down prediction statistics yes, right now? We are going to give you our first update on what our batting average and slugging percentages are. Can we skip this? Right no, we're not no we can't. So, so far in first place. Um, is Wyatt. His batting average is 333 and he is slugging 500. Woo! So Wyatt is actually doing very well. I'm actually good at something. That is updated through today's accountability session. In second place is Josh. He is hitting 235 and slugging 353. So uh, he's still about 100 percentage points behind, uh, behind Wyatt in batting average. In third place is me. I am hitting 200 with a slugging percentage of 266. So I need to definitely increase my power percentage, but also, you know, just increasing my uh, my batting average would be good too. And bringing up the rear, we have... The rear is Arian. <laughs> Arian's only had one prediction. I don't know why he's even on there. But really bringing up the rear is Kyle, who's hitting uh, 080. <laughs> That's really bad. His slugging percentage is 160. So that means, Kyle get... is, that means Kyle is getting 8% of his predictions correct for people who don't know how batting averages work. So um, I'm going to get sent to the minors. Yeah, you're going to get sent to the minors really quick if you uh, keep that up. So I'm hitting about the same as Miguel Sano, right? Uh, no, Miguel Oof. Sano's career average is well above 080. Everybody's average is pretty much above that, Kyle. Unless That's how you're bad a you pitcher. are. I could be a pitcher. Are you a pitcher? Yes. Okay, so how many strikeouts do you have? Zero. Ooh, you're a bad pitcher, too. What's your write-that-down prediction for this week? David Montgomery will be drafted in the third round or later in the NFL draft. Ooh, or later. Or later. So you're saying not the first or second round? Nope. I mean, Ooh. that's kind of a toughie. Because going back, like, Ooh. a few weeks ago, we were saying that Montgomery was going to be, you know, a first-round draft pick, and Hakeem Butler was going to be about second-ish. We never ish, said first-round. We I said, said second. I said, no, it was first, and then Hakeem, we said second. There's no way David Montgomery is the first-round I agree. I agree. That. I agree that's not true now, but I'm saying about a month ago, a few weeks ago, a few months and a week ago, that we were, were kind of saying that. So the tables have flipped. 
I don't think he's he's definitely not going to be a first round draft pick. The question is, is going to be a second round draft pick, and that's kind of a probably not single or double. What do you think? Double, like not a single. I would go with a double because there's All still a chance. That's fine, but it's not that, not that outrageous. All right, I was leaning towards single, but um, all right, fine. Kyle's losing, so we'll give him a double. Give him the benefit of the doubt. He needs all, all right. the help he can What's get. What's your prediction, Wyatt? I got that the Birmingham Iron will win the Alliance of American Football Championship, and their title game is actually called the Alliance Championship. Um, for the record, uh, the Birmingham Iron is are in the East Conference with um, the aforementioned... Uh, Orlando Apollos. Yeah, the Apollos are 4-0, and and the Iron's 3-1. and The Iron, I think, just lost to the San Antonio Commanders 12-11. to Was it this week or last week? I think that this, was this week. week. That's the only loss. And it was a commendable loss. I mean, the the San Antonio Commanders are pretty good. But basically, we know... They're 2-2. Two two. They're, they're, they're average. I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So we basically know the uh, Alliance champion is going to be win, won by somebody over in the Eastern Conference. Whether that's the Iron or the Apollos, we don't know. Because the Western Conference is extremely mediocre at best. Probably better qualified as bad, I suppose. Uh, whereas the, the the Apollos and the Iron are the only two good teams in the entire alliance, and especially in, in the Eastern Conference. So that's what I got, that basically the Birmingham Iron will win the alliance championship. Interesting. All right, I'm going to go back to the NFL for my prediction, and my prediction is after his combine performance. Can I get some points? Are we going to give him? I would, oh, like, yeah. I would like some points. Uh, Excuse no, you. you don't get any points. No. I'm no I'm leaning towards a double because it's gonna come down to the Iron and the Apollos in the in the, the conference playoffs. title. Yeah. yeah. So whoever yeah, wins that, that game will win me. the championship. That seems legit to me. Double. Seems I'm gonna give fine. a double because they're both currently two and zero in their division, um, and yeah, it'll come down to whoever can beat each other up. Double sounds fine to me. All right, now do I get to do my prediction? Yep. Cool. Or can we just cut him off since he decided to cut you off? Hakeem Butler will be a first-round draft pick there. I said it. Ha. I got it in before you could decide if you're going to cut me off. Double. Double? Triple. Ooh. It's a double. Oh, oh Butler. Wow. Double. Double, 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 double. <laughs> I was still on the Montgomery train. I was like, what? No. I was like, there's no wow. way with his measurables you're at right. the NFL Combine I think you can't say that he has at least a 50% you're chance. You're right. You're right. To get drafted in the first. In draft. fact, I'm leaning more towards a single. I think he's going to be for sure. But since Ooh. you said a double, I think almost can for I sure. Revert? Can I revoke and say I'd single now? I would say single. I was leaning towards a single. Like I'm like 49% double, 51% single, and I'm I'm liking more of the single game. All right, Wyatt talked me into it. We're giving you a single. What? <laughs> no. What? I had stopped engaging. I was reading about a fight after a basketball game, and then you talked him off to a single. That's bullcrap. If I get a single, you get a single. No, you can't resend mine. That That's bullcrap. Mine was already determined. No, 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 not Wyatt. No, not okay. Wyatt's Kyle's. Wyatt's staying as a double. If I mine goes to a can, single, so does Kyle's. I don't think we can change Kyle's, though. We already agreed that his was... You already we agreed that mine was a double, I, then you changed it. I never agreed. No, that it we was. hadn't stopped the conversation. We were still talking. You've already you're moved the one on who, and cemented mine. You're the one who checked out, Mike. This is your fault. Boo. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you Josh's prediction for the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, Josh on Friday night predicted that for Saturday's game, that uh, Miami would beat Duke. 
since Zion Williamson wasn't going to play, we gave him a double. That was wrong. You'll hear this again next week because it wasn't in the accountability session this week because it would have been weird to put it in the accountability session before you heard that he made the prediction. So um, next week, this will also be in the accountability session, but that'll be wrong for Josh. Good so, job, Josh. Yeah, he, he did it good. He did do it I good. I think that's the end of our right. Uh, we gave him a double for that, by the yeah, way, we if did. you didn't hear. Yeah. Um, I think that's the end of our write that down predictions. I think you're right. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I've apparently been wrong a lot this episode, but I believe that's also the end of the episode. Does that mean that episode 22 comes next week? Episode 22 comes next week with... Or are we going to skip that to go to 23? No, we will not, because we do move in chronological order, numerically, starting from episode 1 to episode... We don't know yet. It's good. At least you... At least you figured that out now. I didn't know that. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the 8311Cast, episode 21. We appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for letting us bring all things sports to your beautiful ears. Signing off for this week's episode of the 8311Cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Thanks again for listening. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Beat West Virginia.